Welcome back to another episode of Legally Unfiltered. I'm attorney Richard Sprinkle. I'm here with attorney Franz Borghardt, bringing you unfiltered discussion about topics in the news and topics that may affect your life. And tonight we've got a big one, folks. Tonight we're talking about public service loan forgiveness. Now, what that is, is it's an arrangement the government had established a while back, and we'll get into the history of it later. But long story short, if you take advantage of this programming, you have to work in the public service sector of some sort, and you make 10 years worth of loan payments on your student loans for certain qualified loans, then the government will forgive your student loan debt. Now, considering our country's looking at a burgeoning loan debt problem, this very well could be the next big bubble to burst. This is a good thing for a lot of people. Now, of course, you're there. You're going to have banks out there that say it's a terrible thing. But long story short, when you're talking about people who are out there trying to do good in the world, people that are doing public service jobs for the government, for police departments, fire departments, et cetera, uh, it's, it's a great way to educate the folks that are trying to make the world better. Franz, you want to go into some of the history or you want to so, dive in? So I, I want to talk about the history, but I want to talk about why we're talking about this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the Trump administration is working with the Department of Education to possibly, uh, for lack of a better word, repeal the loan forgiveness program. So this would affect not only uh, prospective students that are are taking out loans in anticipation of graduating and getting into the public sector and working to to basically pay these off. But there is a sea of people, a sea of people that took out loans that graduated from undergraduate or or from postgraduate um, universities. We we see it most often and clearly in in legal circles where we have classmates, Richard, that that graduated and went into public service. They work at public defender offices. They work for district attorney offices, federal or state. Judicial clerks. Yes. Yes. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, they are getting a rude awakening because the administration is saying, you know what? We want to peel these back. Um, And we believe that that creates some legal questions in terms of what are the rights of those students or graduates that have gone through the program. But but let's go back. When did these loan pro, uh, programs start, Richard? Well, these loans started, uh, a lot of folks might not realize, back in 2007, started in a Republic administration by George W. Bush. Um, the idea, again, was to assist the people that are helping the communities, helping the country get better, assist them get, get their educations. Now, factually, what's happened is President Trump tried to repeal this as part of the uh, tax cuts and jobs package that he released a while back. Um, Congress didn't go for it. The typical legal wrangling and jockeying went on and it survived for a year. And in in fact, this year, Congress funneled, I want to say, $340 million back into the program. A lot of money. A lot of money. So there's a lot of student loan debt that can be paid off with that. But if this were to go away, a lot of people are going to feel a huge burden, particularly those folks that are working in public defender's offices, because you're looking at undergrad loans plus law school loans, and folks, they ain't cheap. Particularly folks that could have gotten private sector gigs private sector jobs that pay generally more money than public ones. So you you get out of school, 
you, you're relying on this program. Now it's a 10 year program, folks. So you, you got to work in the, in the public sector for 10 years. And Richard's going to talk a little bit about there, there are some very specific qualifiers for this, but you decide to go into public employment because you think, man, I got $150,000 worth of student loans out there. It sure would be a lot better to pay off this mortgage note of a student loan through this route than if I worked in the private sector. And by the way, payments on on student loans is generally a sliding scale, right, Richard? I mean, you're not, you're not, you, you can structure it to where you can pay it off gradually over time. I'm sure there's some rules and laws in place as to how much you, you can be forced to pay back. But the idea was if you paid back, and I think it was for 120 payments or, or 10 mm-hmm. years. It was 120 continuous payments that, well, it's 120 payments that are on time. They don't necessarily have to be continuous, but they have to be on time. So you're paying on time. Let's say you're three or four years in. Let's say you relied on this on this law, this provision. You relied on it. Insert you, legal theory here. Yes. Yes. Detrimental reliance. So so we've 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 been throwing about, you know, the first question is, is did this program create some kind of property rights that you can invest in such that it would create a due process right. Did these did the government enter into a contract with these loan uh, applicants? Did they enter into a contract um, with them by making this program? And, and I know that sounds like a stretch, but but bear with me, such that there was a, this concept of detrimental reliance. Now look, understand if there is a lawsuit and and be not mistaken, there will be a lawsuit. It will not just be one or two individuals suing. It will be what we like to call in the business a class action. And that class will certify most certainly. It's 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 coast to coast, global, you know, loan individuals that are in public service around the planet. They're going to have some questions about their legal rights. But back to back to what's going on. The Trump administration is changing this. And I asked Richard before we went on, what's the thought behind the change? Why why is the administration taking this away from all these these individuals? Is there a is there a good for the economy theory or or is it is it a part of another package or I'm not gonna defend the administration on their their reasoning behind it, but I know the logic is simple. You you can't Rob Peter to pay Paul, the money's got to come from somewhere. So whatever they're trying to accomplish costs enough that money has to come from some other place. So where are we? If the Department of Education, if the Trump administration passes this, and, and the other question is, is do they have to pass an act through Congress to do that? Or is it just a, can they change the policies through the education? And, and, and you know, look, the, the question becomes is, is, is any tinkering going to be too much tinkering well i believe the budget has to be submitted and it has to be approved okay. so and i i could be dead wrong on this but I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that there are more hands in that than just the president's administration well right so the question becomes then is if the budget is not approved it doesn't change the policy it would just be we're not paying for it now by the way nobody at this point qualifies for for the for the for the forgiveness at this point. No, they're starting to. They're starting the, to. The, but the first now this is an interesting thing. The first rounds, few rounds of classes, graduating classes that should be eligible for this, because think about it. It it the plan went into effect in two thousand seven. Right. So if you graduated theoretically in two, you're the, approaching theoretically it. you could have graduated in two thousand eight 
and or 2007 and you're right there you're right in the in the area that this is supposed to happen to and a lot of folks got themselves in trouble because they heard the magic words go into public service the government will forgive your loans but there was a lot more to it um you had to be on four certain types of income based repayment plan loans one of those four pick any one you want or else it didn't apply so a lot of people got themselves into a trick bag where it they they planned this all along and and somebody either gave them wrong information or they didn't read the fine print and now they're hosed anyway those people weren't going to collect on this anyway though no, okay no, but they sure thought they were right so so mia culpa that's not on the government that's that's on fine print reading and 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 making sure that what you're doing aligns and look that it's 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 easy to see how this could happen. Um, when I was graduating from law school, this was the scuttlebutt. This was the conversation. That was 2006 was, hey, they're, they're talking about this program. Come 2007, 2008, there are individuals that I know that I went to school with that entered into public service because they thought, you know what? I've got a mortgage note worth of student loan and oh, it, and, easily and in particular if you go to an out-of-state school oh god i mean it you're, you're the amount of money that you've accrued in debt to 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 go to school is astronomical or if you go to a private school correct correct so so these guys these guys have been just kind of going along and you know i we have classmates that that have been in district attorney's offices they've been firefighters they've been you name it public service wise and man oh man Come to come to find out that hey, you might have been sold a bag of magical beans. Would you have taken the loan had you known this? Would you have taken those jobs? Would you have stayed in the jobs for ten years? What is the ripple of what's the what's the ripple effect and economic consequence of relying on this? And and look, I'm not a big fan of frivolous lawsuits, but this smells like something that I would be willing to fight for if I, especially if I were somebody that relied on it. Because what do you have to lose at that point? What do you have to lose? You've wrecked your life financially. Right. Is it literally fine? If you've already put in the years of public service, folks, if you don't think public servant, what we know is attorneys. Okay. If you don't think the public service attorneys make far, far less than their private counterparts, um, it's a factor of about four to five versus what a starting first year line level public defender may make in salary versus what a starting first year associate at a firm may make. Right. It's and, an insane difference. And listen, if your goal was to always be a public defender, if your goal was to always be a police officer, a fireman or woman, or or to be in the armed services, arguably that wouldn't change any as a result of no, but of the this. cost of the education is the same regardless. Correct. Would I have jumped into, you know, the big question is, is would I have jumped into a program that costs three times this other program, knowing that I was going to take advantage? Let's say I did everything I was supposed to do. Let's say I, I, I went to a university, I took the loan out, I took the kind of loan out that would, would accommodate this government program, this debt forgiveness, this loan forgiveness program. I dotted my I's and I crossed my T's and I did everything I was supposed to do, regardless of whether or not I would have entered public service or not. Come to find out, flash forward to 2018, it's going to be removed. And and I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, I understand the logic of this is a lot of money we're talking about. But what I don't understand is why screw these people over in this way? I mean, politically, it's just a cluster. 
And and I and I and that's why I beg the question of why is the administration doing this? Is we have an administration who doesn't agree with the concept of political suicide. It's like they don't believe it exists. I do's what I like and <laughs> I, I likes what I do. But but I'm but, a honey badger. But but you know that's that's the kicker. Is I mean, look. This is just one of those things that almost borderlines on monstrous. I mean, and we're talking, I mean, look, I'm not talking about the, look, the, the student loan I took out was a, was a bar study loan. It was, I'll, I'll tell you guys, it was a $10,000 loan that I've been paying off since 2006. Happy to pay my minimal payments every year. And eventually I'm going to pay it off in the next couple of years. Mine are a little bit more. S- significant. <laughs> significant. So, so, so I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. But I mean, geez, oh. Oh, man. I mean, just so. OK, so what has to happen? What has to happen is, is this has to clear. I'm, I'm assuming there will be a fight over this. There's bound to be a fight over it. Um, Listen, there's been discussion for years that the next candidate, regardless of the, what side that comes out and says, I'm going to fix the education problem and I'm going to fix the student loan problem is pretty much guaranteed a win at. I would be willing to bet that will happen. So there's going to be a fight over this, you know, this situation, not just the public interest loan forgiveness, but, uh, you know, student loans in, uh, as a whole. There's going to be a that, lot of fights. This is that area of public trust that we kind of always tongue in cheek joke about when we talk about Social Security, right? Yeah. That you've been paying into something. Now, now, student loans is a little bit different than Social Security, but you've been paying into something and we all look at each other and, and we, we tongue in cheek say, well, you know, I'm never going to be able to collect on, on Social Security. There won't be enough money. And, and we laugh about it. But the reality is in student loans. And, and again, we're talking about student graduates that have had to pay on time for 10 solid years on time. 10 solid years. So, I mean, guys and girls, that's a lot of people. And look, what's the effect of when you don't pay your student loans off? Oh, you have credit problems. Right. You have buku credit problems. You have to go into deferment or, or you know, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of nasty stuff that can happen to people that we, aren't paying we, their bills on time. We want people to do what they're supposed to do. We want to be able to rely on government reliance when they tell us something, when they tell us the sun's going to go up and that taxes are due when they're due. We want to rely on the things the government tells us. But I think there's a public trust issue here as well, that that when the government starts doing things, whether it whether it creates a constitutional due process, right, whether it creates something from a contract contract standpoint that you can rely on when the government tells you something you rely on. And I and I ain't talking about building a wall. I don't I don't. I'm not talking about, hey, I'm going to build that wall, whether it's a physical wall, a metaphorical wall. I'm talking about the government has said, do this, do these things, do this criteria. And again, Richard has alluded to the fact that the criteria is very specific. It's very much something you have to follow. Now, look, I, I talked to several individuals that are have been participating in this program, and, and the common consensus I've been told is for years— these individuals have been told, look, even though you're not eligible yet for, for, for the 10-year mark, apply. Get in the system. Let the education department know what's going on. Make sure they know you're interested in it. Make sure they have a record of all this stuff. And so, as you might imagine, Richard, now that we're doing, we're seeing what's going on, those individuals are having the, the proverbial o-poop moment of what are my rights and remedies? So, let's talk about that. If you are one of these individuals, ladies and gentlemen, if you're an individual that that's that's been trying to participate in this program, and I'm not I'm not talking about the separate issue of people that have been participating in this program that have come to maturity and it looks like, you know, hey, this is going to be that 10th year. 
you know, and for whatever reason, we've been turned down. We're not talking about these individuals that have gotten turned down or not turned down. That's a separate conversation for a separate day. If you're one of those individuals, what you need to do is you need to take a deep breath. You need to think, okay, I need to hit the 10-year mark. No matter what, I need to hit the 10-year mark. Because if you stop, if you stop paying, and I know this sounds weird, if you stop paying in, in year nine, month six, well, you're going to disqualify yourself, whether they change the policies or not. And you're going to, and by the way, you may lose whatever legal recourse you may have. So, so the best advice I'm giving you right now is, is keep doing what you need to do until you hit that 10 year mark. You have to hold up your end of the bargain. You have to make 120 payments. Don't make a double payment one month and think that that clears you for the next month. I promise you that will wipe you out. You have to make 120 on-time are, payments. Are there other fine print things you need to do, or is it just the payments for the for the 120 consecutive on-time payments? You know, uh, and, and again, well, there's there's specific loans that they had to be um, they have to be direct loans. Uh, they used to be called Stafford loans back in the day. Um, other federal loans like Perkins loans, FFEL loans, or or private loans, those aren't eligible. Only direct loans are eligible. So there's so many ah, I can't even talk tonight. There's so many intricacies to this. Weren't there issues with universities too? Weren't there issues with universities will loan you money out of their own right? But but weren't there issues with universities not providing adequate and proper information about the loans at one point, to where that was an issue as well, and that created legal causes of actions with regard to, look, this this university sold me a bag of magic beans. And I'm not talking about in the context of this loan forgiveness program. I'm just talking about the general, the general unscrupulous nature of student loans. Well, you know, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I can easily picture a world where the student loan office had a couple of pamphlets there that were written up by, you know, first year graphic design students and did not include all of the pertinent information. One would need to make an informed decision as to what loans they did want to take. So we repeat, keep paying. Okay. Keep an eye on what is happening with the administration. Make sure that you're keeping an eye on things. And then at that point, what will probably, uh, we're, you know, you don't need a crystal ball on this one. To, to, to divinate that that most likely what will happen is is if the administration changes it there will be some some law firms that start advertising and collecting on this because the clot the beauty of a class action suit is you're talking about lots of money hey Franz just out of curiosity what percentage of the US population do you think works in the public sector um if I were guessing I would say 60 40 70 30. You're getting closer. It's 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 seventy five twenty five. Seventy five twenty five. Twenty five percent of the United wow. States works in some sort of public service job as defined by the program. So that's the other thing. You need to make sure you need to make sure that your public sector job qualifies as a public sector job. That seems counterintuitive, but you know, if you've been doing something for the government but it doesn't qualify, then too bad, so sad. Sorry, you're gonna have to keep going. But look, guys, we're I'm not I'm not necessarily anti-Trump administration, but I am anti-government tells you something on a Monday, you rely on it for several years, and then the government tells you several years later on a Tuesday, too bad, so sad, we're changing the rules of engagement. And and look, 
the Department of Education is just going to do what the Department of Education is told to do. Now, will there be an uprising from Congress? Will there be an uprising from certain senators and, and representatives that say, whoa, 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 this is a large constituency. constituency. This is a we're putting our hands in the pockets of a well, lot of voters. Uh, and a Republican Congress already found $340 million to fund it last time around. So there's a good chance Congress can say, hey, boss, we've got constituents to answer to. We may not want to do this. So this the money, time. the money is there. The money is the money's always there. Well, yeah, we can't let a little thing like <laughs> can't just let print thing. some more. So, so what else are we leaving out, Richard? I mean, keeping an eye on it, keeping 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 track, making sure you're making your payments. Well, um, you know my theory. Follow the money, you find the problem. What is at the source of all of this stuff? What is driving desires to cut this out versus anything else we could cut out? Well, he's got to build a wall. Well, he's got to build a wall. But seriously, who gets <laughs> hurt if the government default if the government just wipes out this debt? So is it a cause and effect relationship between if I know that I'm not going to get this loan forgiveness, do I jump out of the public sector and try to get into the private sector? What does that do for jobs? You know, are you stuck? Some of these people are not going anywhere because the, the other benefit. Now, look, the other side of this is the general benefit to public sector jobs is great benefits, great benefits, great retirement, reliable retirement. Oh, absolutely. You know, unless you work for a municipality that 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 well, goes you know, nutty, but, but sometimes the, you got to put your hand in the yeah, cookie jar. I mean, you know? look, you, you know, look, being a public, I'll give you the classic example. You take the public defender's office and you take a DA's office in a state where there's not what we call parity. And parity means that each side is treated the same way in some underdefended, underfunded systems, a la Louisiana in some underfunded system, the public defender retirement is a joke. And you, and as someone who is a former, Wait, public, they have one. They do, in fact, have a, a a retirement system, but it's not something that you're going to be able to live on. And look, I was a public defender for a number of years. I will tell you that in private practice, if you're doing it right and you get good clients, you will make exponentially more money than you will as a public defender. Now, take being a state prosecutor where you're buying into a pension and, and every paycheck after 10 years you vest or after X amount of years you vest. And then at the end of, of a 20 to 30 year stint, you get 100% retirement plus health care plus all these other benefits. Well, I mean, you can't afford to leave. I mean, after 10 years, if 10 years is a general vesting principle or time period, you can't afford to leave at that point. So maybe there won't be a cause and effect relationship, but I guarantee you, especially if the percentages are what Richard said, and I have no reason to disbelieve that, there are going to be a lot of folks that say, you know what, I'm not interested in 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 working for penny, pennies and peanuts. I will go out there and make more money so I can pay off this loan. Now, the reality is, is now, isn't there a rule that if you pay the loan off in 20 or, or make 20 years of consecutive payments, is there another provision that it qualifies for, for some kind of forgiveness? The, well, you've got to read into it, but in most of the income-based repayment plans, uh, if they're they're pretty much set up to where if you've paid on them for X amount of years, they're gone anyway. And I'd I'd have to dig deep, and and it's one of these situations where you got to look at which of those four qualifying loans you're on. But yeah, there there are some that get wiped out after anywhere from twenty to thirty years. But like I said, in thirty years they're all paid off anyway. So I, I don't know what the benefit there is. I'm, but the problems I've got is. 
like I said, this is a for the good of all. It's for the greater good thing. This we're educating the people that run our government. I, why would we not want that? Why would we not seek that out as something with, that we should funnel money towards? I don't understand. My thought is, and it's just my hypothesis, and people can accuse me of wearing tinfoil hats if they want to, but the people that lose in this case with the public interest loan forgiveness, if it keeps going, the people that lose would be banks. Uh, banks that have bought up bonds or what have you that suddenly won't be worth what they thought they were going to be worth at some point. And I, I mean, I don't know. There's 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 only there really is only so much money to go around, even though we can print all we want and borrow all we want from whom I don't know. But we keep doing it. Um, then the government should not create a program, even if under another administration, that they are going to undo. Exactly. That they are going to undo that have been that has been relied upon by a large sector of the population. Now, look, I don't know. If it fits under tort law, it will it will be a tort when it when it happens, if it happens. I don't know if it's a constitutional issue. I don't know if it's a violation of, of some kind of un, unfair lending process. I'll leave it to 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 the lawyers, those lawyers out there to make that determination. But I, I'll tell you what I do know is if I had paid for 10 years on time, 10 years, 120 payments, and I'm still in a heap of debt because my bag of magic beans doesn't pay off the loan. You better believe I wouldn't go over. I wouldn't let that ha happen lightly. And you better believe I'm going to fight. And if especially if my fight, by the way, you know, how does class how do class actions work? I sign up. That's it. I'm just a I'm a physical presence in the class. And the more it's like any kind of collective bargaining, the more you have, the more money you're talking about. And look, the sad thing is going to be if it is a class action and, and a court says you can do this government, then those people are screwed and it's un, it's unfortunate. If the government says you can't do this, then the question is, is it a cash settlement or is it what we call specific performance? Do we does a court does a court make the government do this? And I don't know that. I don't know that that will happen or won't well, happen. In contract, that's normally what you would sue for right. specific performance. Absolutely. So I would believe that would, and, and honestly, that would be the most equitable solution to it. Unless there were damages they incurred because of the government's failure to perform the contract. Ah, such a great time to be an individual working in public service, trying to rely on the government, trying to do the right thing, making your payments. And, and now we have, in 2018, we have something that will unravel all that. Well, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. This has been Attorney Franz Borkart and Richard Sprinkle. Um, we will be continuing to monitor this. I would look, you know, Richard, I would say that after this all pans out, I, I think there will be a lot more commentary on it. There's been a few articles out there. Uh, Forbes is one of the ones that we were we were looking at. Um, but I think there'll be more commentary on this. And once that, if this does happen, that commentary is going to turn into legal analysis and we will be re we would be remiss if we didn't revisit it thank you guys for listening good night ladies and gentlemen give us a listen on itunes soundcloud and google play we're everywhere like us follow us subscribe to us and leave us some comments we like to know what we're doing and we like to know if you like it the views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home. <laughs>